Door. That's what the entire month of June is. It's Friday, and another wonderful week has come and gone, but it doesn't mean that another one isn't waiting for us, so don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, don't fret, never fret. Thank you for joining me again tonight, and I hope that you share this far and wide on this June 10th, this June 10th, 2022. You know why you have to share it? Because I forgot, I just realized, I, did, I, I forgot to tweet it out, I forgot to put it on you know all the other places that I'm at nobody knows unless you tell them so go 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 forth and multiply let everybody know that here on this Friday evening June 10th 2022 we're gonna be hanging out and one of my favorite perks one of my favorite perks doing this talk show for so many years is the ability to meet interesting people along the way. And Justin Polgar, our guest tonight, he's a returning guest, but it's been a few years. Justin Polgar of yescacao.com, they're on the affiliates page. He is one of those people, is a man with a very chocolatey background. That's right, he is a chocolate craftsman. He is the minister of chocolate. And he is here tonight. We're going to get reintroduced with his method. The method. It's not just a method of making chocolate. It's a method for life, living life, and having fun, and giving yourself over to adventure in life. So we're going to be doing that. An adventure, adventure-affirming evening. And we're going to be jumping into the mindset behind Justin and his botanical chocolate creations so many more other things that we're going to be doing. Before he gets on, we have to really utilize this half hour to the utmost. Whatever we can do, we have to do it right now. And then afterwards, I should be able to take a couple of your your super chats. And then we have to do the badass of the evening. And then around 8.30 or so, I have to... 8.30, 8.35, 8.40 at the latest. I have to get off because then we have book club. A separate stream on DLive and quite frankly TV exclusively. So that's where we are. Session eight for book club, Wind Swept House. And I'll tell you, if you've been reading along with us this book, we're up to like page five hundred something now. We're almost done. It's just really incredible. Almost done. If you've been reading along with this book, then analyzing current events. You're coming at it from a few new angles. I'll tell you what. Am I right, ladies and gents, that have been... Yes. So next time, if you didn't jump in on this book club, first of all, you'll always be able to because the, the, the serial, 
is going to be of these sessions are going to be put together and and archived and under each of these episodes you're going to be able to access the thread for that evening so you can see people what they caught what they're saying you'll still there'll be active threads so you'll still be able to add your own thoughts and talk to those who were posted even months and months ago so don't ever stop yourself from having the book club experience all right that's what we have a lot of things coming up um, there is a big event that's going on at the Beacon Theater in New York City on May 25th. A lot of people that we know are going to be there. A lot of people we know. It's the Minds Festival of Ideas by Minds.com. Now, Minds.com owner, the founder, CEO, Bill Ottman, he's going to come here in the stu- in studio to come back on. It's been a couple of years since he's been on, but Bill Altman is going to be here in studio on uh, June 22nd. I think it's that Tuesday or Wednesday, or I don't know what it is, but it's a couple of days before their festival of ideas. They got a lot of people that are going to be there at Beacon Theater. Tulsi Gabbard, Tim Poole, Coleman Hughes, uh, James O'Keefe, Cornell West, Bill Altman himself, Nick Gillespie, uh, Zuby. The uh, the guy from the UK been trying to get him on, Ian Crossland, Seth Dillon, Ben Burgess, Chrissy Mayer, Libby Emmons, Blair White, Margaret Kimberly, Daryl Davis. I think that Ryan Long is going to be there, and I have a show. What time does that start? I don't know what time it starts, but I have a broadcast that night at ten o'clock. I think it should be done by then. I might swing by. Um, I don't know. But either way, Bill will be here in studio, and that'll be fun. That's the only thing I had to add to the upcoming guest list for now. So put that on your on your calendars and your reminders. All right, over to the super chat. No, over to the grab bag. Let's get sharp, shall we? Summit News: Village of 700 residents in the UK await decision on whether it will now host 1,500 migrants. So their population is going to be more than doubled, and they're going to be um, they're going to be from like North Africa and stuff. A village in England comprising of just 700 people is likely to hear by early next week that the government's final decision on whether it's going to house 1,500 migrants at a nearby Air Force base. Residents of Linton on Ouse, I don't know if I'm saying that have been protesting for weeks over the decision, which we'll see 1,500 asylum seekers moved to the new facility as their refugee claims are processed. So pretty much as we have been have been showing um, this process going on all over the world in both hemispheres, the West, Western meddling in all things in the third world, creates absolute catastrophe, death, destruction, failed states, and worse. And then when we go and destroy things or people acting on, beha- on our behalf destroys other parts of the world, they go and take millions of disaffected people, transplant them into our communities, call us racist if we don't like it, and actually hearkens the destruction of, of, of us. This is, this, is what, this is the plan. So you can say, well, wow, there, aren't there easier ways to conquer a society? Like, no, no, it's not about ease. It's about inflicting suffering. It's about pain. It's about, it's about stealing and harvesting that louche. 
So it's um, that's that's what it is all along the way. So I, hey, I, I pray for these this small community of 700 because they're about to get wiped off the face of the earth. But um, but yeah, hopefully they get some kind of a stay of execution. Now speaking of unwanted visitors, Amarillo, Texas, Amarillo.gov put this out just a couple days ago. You might have seen it. Help solve an Amarillo mystery. What the hell is this? In the dark and eerie morning hours of May 21st, around 1.25 a.m., security cameras inside of a perimeter fence at the Amarillo Zoo captured a strange image outside the zoo. What is that thing? They don't know what it is. It's bipedal, whatever it is. It's on two feet, but it looks like a dog-headed man. Is it a werewolf? Was it a person with a strange hat who likes to walk at night? A large coyote on its hind legs, a chupacabra. It is a mystery for Amarillo to help solve. For now, the strange video is UAO, unidentified Amarillo Amarillo object. However, perhaps Amarillo has a better explanation. In the spirit of fun, if not curiosity, the city of Amarillo is letting the public offer ideas on the identity of the UAO. So do you guys know what this weird two-legged object, upright walking object is? I don't know. It's going to keep me up at night. It really, really is. In fact, I, I, I would love to do another show on any kind of non-human encounters that you may have had. Werewolf, I don't care what it is. Any sober encounters, I should add. Sober encounters with something that was clearly not human but also abnormal. So let me know. Prehistoric birds, uh, werewolves, Bigfoot, and always remember... Are you troubled by strange noises in the night? Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Have you or any of your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and call the professionals. Ghostbusters! We're We're ready to believe you! We're ready to believe you. I always am. Okay, so here's another little something. This is from Yellowstone. This is from CNBC. Now, I I spoke a lot about Yellowstone on this show. Uh, Lauren and I watched a lot of it. Not all of it. We're waiting for season five to come out now. We just watched 1883. I thought that was phenomenal. I know that 1932, a 1930-something film is coming out that is along the the Yellowstone timeline and um, chronology there. And I know that they just signed Harrison Ford on for it. So I'm going to watch it either way. It, the, the, the writing is spectacular. But listen to this. Now, I joked, half joked, about taking my wife and my child and going to Montana, relocating to Montana, and effectively destroying people's lives and stealing their ranches. Okay, I was <laughs> just, I uh, I was only half joking. I still might do it, so just watch the fuck out. But somebody else is really trying to, I cannot stand this story. Nope. You tune in. That's not right. Here it is, CNBC, Yellowstone, Yellowstone Boom. That made me sick to my stomach just hearing that. Yellowstone Boom pits lifetime Montana residents against wealthy newcomers. Yellowstone, Paramount's hit streaming show, has given rich city slickers an idea of what it would be like to become a real-life baron of the Wild West. 
We've had an influx of all sorts of wealthy individuals looking for ranches. Robert Keith, founder of Boutique Investment from uh, Beartooth Group, told CNBC. But as rich buyers move in and the state population grows, native Montanans and others in the lower end of the income spectrum are feeling the squeeze from higher rents and property prices. So now you have all these people, all these, these yuppies coming into Montana uh, looking for ranches and they want to wear their hats. And uh, I, 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 It makes me sick to my stomach. Sick to my stomach. I'm not a yuppie. If I came to Montana, I was going to do battle with all of you. So at least there was going to be a little bit of respect gained at the end because one of us was going to survive and the other one was going to lose the ranch not this these snooty boutique freaks showing up and uh just want to view weirdos well good luck for you guys um but here's a little something i wanted to read to you this is about yellowstone um, and this is from John Rappaport's blog, and I think it's a it's it's pretty great, and it's, it encapsulates the reason why I was really drawn to it. Well, I, I, I mean, Sean from the SGT report was the first one to plant the bug in my ear. Said Frank, you got to watch Yellowstone, and you'll know why as you you watch it. It's that it's just that that constant jarring, uh, that that constant, um, you know, that grinding of the uh, the grinding between individuals. Um, sovereignty. You have the the Native American aspect of it all. You have state and federal governments. You just have you have family ties. You have private property. You just have big corporatist monsters, and it's just it's good. It really is um, a fun, fun and very um, intense experience, viewing experience. But here's what John Rappaport wrote, and I think it's very well put. He says, why I've been writing about Yellowstone at Substack and why millions of people are watching Yellowstone. 15 million people watch episode one, season four, a a Paramount smash hit cable series, Yellowstone. This is populism television, a tidal wave out of nowhere. There are several factors involved. The main one is a family. A family is determined to keep its land, the biggest ranch in Montana, against all odds, against all attempts to take the land by the state government, a gigantic corporate land developer, an Indian tribe, a psychopathic killer, and his hired guns. The ranching Dutton family will go to any lengths to keep the land. This suddenly resonates with millions of viewers. Not other tele- no other television series in history based on the premise of holding on to private property has provoked such passion. So what's going on? Americans have come to a crossroad and they know it. The government and its allies want to gobble up private property and end it. This is an inevitable outcome of the parent state in action. This is the globalism in action. This is, yes, one of the pillars of socialism, communism, and Marxist philosophy. Falafels. Marxist falafels for everybody. <laughs> the outlawing of all private property. The tactics for achieving this goal are many. Outright seizure, crippling property taxes, a welter of regulations making private ownership far more risky and difficult. Yellowstone pulls no punches. No episode goes by without the producers shoving the issue of private ownership in the faces of viewers. 
and viewers respond. They see who the good guys and the bad guys are. Of course, reviews in the press don't hammer on the issues of private property incursion and destruction. They acknowledge the popularity of the series, but they don't try to explain it. They wouldn't, because the issue is too hot to handle, much too hot. At the end of season four, rancher daughter Beth Dutton, a com- complete off the rails, but she's she's starting to she's starting to I don't know starting to come down to earth a little bit. Beth Dutton schools an idealistic environmentalist on the biggest threat to the Montana environment, the corporate developer, Market Equities, who intends to build a new, ugly, modern consumerist city for rich tourists on the beautiful landscape, an airport, highways, hotels, casinos, condo complexes, ski resorts, etc. Market Equities' notion of private property has no connection to basic family ownership of land. It's impersonal. It's a factory operation. It's a partnership with the state government, a job creator, a tax collector. It's a nonstop bulldozer. It's Vegas, brutally injected into the internal hills and valleys. Uh, And all along uh, this modernization, Yellowstone also puts front and center the rise of modern citizen. Shallow, perky, politically correct, clueless, petty, nasty under the surface, completely cut off from the land and its moral values and traditions. Beth Dutton. Beth Dutton is a relentless exposer and slayer of this new citizen. If ever a fictional television series could cross over into real life and spawn a greater resistance to foul, elite, giant destruction of private property ownership, Yellowstone is it. I can only hope the upcoming season five doesn't back down an inch from previous four. There's another thing Yellowstone is doing. It's highlighting a stark competition and war between one side and another played out on the land of Montana. Yes, competition. Yet another traditional American value that has been attacked, downplayed, befouled, and accused of being inherently unfair. Hence trophies for children who merely participate in sports. Here, Jimmy, you tried to kick the ball four times last season and missed three. So accept this plastic statue and know we all love you. And don't bother thinking about you, uh, about who the best athletes on the team are. There is no best. Well, putting that all to lie, that's exactly why um, he put that out there and... Thank you, John Rappaport, for putting it into into really solid, solid words. And that's why there's still great things to be watched, even things that it might have been contaminated a little bit by those who want to push the message. It's still about examining where we are. Uh, you could you can make yourself somewhat immune to the propaganda, and we can still find really good things to talk about. You know, I, I wanted to. I still I don't want to be completely disconnected from that. We'll at least always have the classics, but. This is why I also want to still bring people like The Critical Drinker and Razor Fist onto the show to talk storytelling and film and culture. I actually sat down Lauren yesterday so we can watch the original Top Gun uh, so that she understands what's up when we go see Maverick. So now we're all up to speed. She finally watched Top Gun. And, you know, it's it, it's longer than the baby's nap time. So she said, well, the baby's going to be up. Can, you know, can it be on around her? Can we can we play the, the movie around her? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I said, there's only one sex scene, and it's just two silhouettes of, um, of uh, Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis with their mouths wide open. It's the stupidest sex scene in, in the world. You know, it's all it's just silhouettes. And, and she said, she said, what? what mouths wide open. I said, yeah. All you see is Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis. They look like two baby birds waiting for a worm. It's the, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. In fact, I, I, have the, uh, I have a clip over here. I want to show it to you real quick. 
Um, so don't get too disgusted. Anyway, here's uh, here's how the has how, here's how you know that they are going to have to they're going to have to hook up. Here he goes. She she tells him, "I've fallen for you." But I held something back. I see some real genius in your flying, Maverick, but I can't say that in there. I was afraid that everyone in that tax trailer would see right through me, and I just don't want anyone to know that I've fallen for you. You've fallen for me? Well, well then. Well, all right. Well, we better have sex right now. Oh my gosh! He pulls her in, and then they start having sex, or what we, what you know, if you're, if you're young enough and you don't know what sex is, this is not a, this this will just leave you confused. Here's just a little bit of the the uh, the baby birds with the mouths open that they can't close it. Every once in a while, uh, the tip of a tongue pokes out. Look, oh, oh the mouths closed for a second. But now they'll stay over for five minutes straight. There you go. Open. A tongue tips out. They're just laying on. And it goes on like that. I remember watching this when I was young thinking, is this what, that's sex? Like, how does it even end? How, how does sex end? Do you eventually just get tired of laying on top of the other person and licking each other's chin? She licks his chin like 10 seconds later. She, she, there's a, the tip of her tongue goes like right up to the chin. Do you eventually get tired of that? Just call it a night? How the hell? So it it made no sense to me. So don't don't expect to. There's no truth in in film, very very little. Not in Top Gun, but it's just classic cheese. It's still a great movie. I can't wait to watch Maverick, whenever the hell that is. I was hoping to see a, a matinee today, but it wasn't going to work out. Let's go and get started. We'll be right back at the other end of the intro. You tune in at your own enjoyment, because it is the best show since the beginning of time. It has technological advancements and a more sophisticated approach. But like every great awakening that has preceded it, it has one iron rule. Logic is a friend and truth is essential. You are now entering, quite frankly. Now take off your pants. And jacket. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. That was the pre-show. This is the big show. So everybody, please give this episode a thumbs up. 
a heart, a star, whatever it is, a reblog, a retweet. Get it on out there. Thank you so much. And remember, this is the last night of the broadcast week, and everything that comes through on, quite frankly, superchat.com is going to be uh, it's going to be send off, sent off to give send go to Theo. So I uh, I appreciate everybody for being um, for being part of that this week. Always like doing that. We weren't doing enough of that, I realized, and I uh, I was inspired by Grace's story, and i just looking for more reasons to do stuff like this, so that's what we're doing. All right. So, real quick, because we have about 10 minutes before I call up Justin Polgar, let's go to do some Babylon B, because it is Friday, and then I have a quick thread that I think will set the, set the stage nicely for our, our talk here tonight, which is all going to be very high vibration. So let's start by fluffing the energy in the room, by getting everybody uh, chuckling a little bit at some of these satirical headlines that are not too far off from reality. Here's a headline from Babylon B. Sad. No one at Whole Foods has yet received the news that the pandemic ended 18 months ago. It's true. It's true. These idiots, they still walk around with the mask on. Oh, yes. Yes. Here's a headline. This year's Kabul Pride Parade canceled due to low turnout. Oh, boy. What are you going to do? Still, so much work to be done in the world. Here's a headline. Democrats to hold June 9th hearings to get to the bottom of why no one watched January 6th hearings. Yes. No one. No one, no one. But they're pathetic. They're all pathetic. Very, very pathetic people. Headline again. Uh, American women once again make yearly pilgrimage to the Magnolia silos. I don't get it. I I don't get this one. Did I... Have, is this like from a book? I don't know. Well, somebody, you let me know. Conservatives call for a return to traditional strip clubs with no kids or drag queens. <laughs> That's where we are right now. Call A, a call to return to stri- traditional strip clubs. If we could at least just go back that far, things would be so much better. That would be, uh, that would be modern conservatism now. Headline... School district announces summer enrichment program for kids who need extra grooming. There you see, sign up for drag queen camp. So, extra grooming. Just need to be extra groomed. Man not sure if wife is packing for long weekend getaway or to travel the Oregon Trail. Oh my gosh. If you watched 1883, then you know he's going to need, she's going to need a lot more than that. I mean, and most of that's going to get lost when they cross the first river. So, good luck, wife. What else we have here? Headline, religion is the opiate of the masses, says man who has logged 337 hours in Elden Ring. I know somebody playing that much of that game right now. Oh, this is fantastic. 
Headline from the Babylon Beast, Miley Cyrus to perform halftime show at January 6th committee hearings. I was waiting for somebody to announce that there would be halftime shows or, you know, uh, musical interludes or something. Uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe like a, a, a magician? David Copperfield comes out, m- makes a, an elephant disappear. That's what this is all about, right? Making the elephants disappear. Historical power <laughs> Historical Powerball Lotto Jackpot now up to two tanks of gas. <laughs> That's it. If you go and win the the Powerball, you will win two tanks of gas. It's as good as five million dollars. Thank God I don't drive anywhere. Seriously. Seriously, I, I thank God. I have like a, a, a two mile drive. I, I'm going to start driving or or uh, or walking or jogging. Maybe I'll get myself finally get that 10-speed bike I always wanted. Um, I th- oh wait, Lauren just texted me. I think this might be about the the whatchamacallit. about that uh, Magnolia thing. She says I think that's Chip and more so Joanna Gaines from HGTV, their silo. People like worship Joanna Gaines. They now also have their own TV channel. Who the hell, what? Who's Chip and Joanna Gaines? You've seen them, she says. She's got long dark hair and looks kinda Asian, Native American, and her hubby is real goofy redhead. Oh, yes. Yes, Lauren, I've seen that when Lauren's watching them. She's worshiped like that, Laura? Lauren, you got to get Zoom on your uh, on your phone or something and just drop in on me from time to time when I don't know what I'm talking about. I didn't know that she had that kind of a fan base. And you know it's real when the Babylon Bee picks it up. Okay, well, that's it for the Babylon Bee. Now, here's one last thing I wanted I want to do with you and this is I think very nice. A nice way to start off our talk with the Minister of Chocolate, a very psychedelic man. A uh, really awesome guy to talk to, and I think perfect for a Friday night and hanging out. And um, it is from this Dr. Baron 17 shite poster. Oh, he's a shite poster, so that you know you can trust him. I love shite posters. Here he is. I loved this short thread. Now, Dr. Baron retweeted a tweet from Sherman McCoy. It says, I think it's super interesting that the vibe shift, the vibrational shift, seems to have started long before this election. Everyone seems to have sensed it. Anyone have any ideas of what the catalyst was? Dr. Barron offers up some ideas that I believe are worthy of sharing here. He goes on to say, I think a lot of people genuinely believe that the adults back in the room premise, they believe that, that Trump was just some evil curse laid on the land, and as soon as he was removed, rhyme and reason would reign once more. Instead, everything got worse. Everywhere. Very jarring to the, to the psyche. Absolutely. The Afghanistan debacle. Vax doesn't end the plague. Food gas prices up. Crime up. Mass inflation. School hiring drag queens. Quality of life decreasing in every single layer of life. You can't point to a single thing that has gotten better. Even devoted coppers have nothing to cope with. Or copers, sorry. Copper is two Ps. Even the devoted copers have nothing to cope with. 
Things were supposed to go back to normal with this one simple trick, just get rid of Trump. Instead, every part of it collapsed in a way that's never happened in my lifetime. This has essentially scared the hoes, except the hoes are every halfway normal person. One of the deepest human traits is the ability to lie to yourself and believe it. But when you've clung to this idea, this psychological life preserver, for six plus years, and then it's yanked out from underneath you like this, like this, that's how you get yanked out of the dream. When it wasn't about Trump, when it wasn't just about getting rid of the, uh, the non-adult and bringing sanity back. So there's, uh, there isn't a specific event that changed the vibe. It's that the narrative for a great many people got shattered. This violence to the brain. Okay, this is violence to the brain. One of the very, very rare times when people get spooked enough to, be, to reassess what's real and what was just part of the dream. Thing about dreams is that they end. You wake up and think, oh yeah, none of that was actually happening. But when you're shocked out of a narrative, all of these things are still happening. They're still there. There's no, there's no way to wake up and brush it away from your eyes. And you no longer have any idea why. You find yourself living in a real-life horror movie. In the first act of a horror movie, things are a bit weird, but characters brush it off. Things must still be normal. In the second half, uh, second half, it becomes rapidly clear that they're not normal and that the powers who were supposed to be stopping this thing can't. They're no longer even there. The Trump era was the first act. We are now into the second. When people start to look around and say out loud, even if it might make them sound stupid, all right, normal is gone, and no one in charge is going to put it back for us. That is the moment when the vibe shifts. Now, I could only hope that that vibe shifts inward because in realizing that normal is gone, you realize what normal was, what was holding it together, and how unsustainable it was, that there is no doubling down and investing in a new system that is twice or thrice as big. Hopefully, people take all of their best intentions, all of their altruistic intentions, all of their kumbaya thoughts, everything that they wanted the government to provide for the people an equalized life at large for everyone. Hopefully, they take that and we look inward and we look to smaller communities and we look to free markets and we really let good ideas, good people, and things of merit go and bring us forward into a new into a new age. That would be wonderful. We still have a lot of lot of punishment to go through. I I'm afraid first. There's a lot of lessons that still need to be learned for a lot of people, including those on our side. I still have a lot of lessons to learn. So uh, that's what we have. The vibe needs to shift, and it's shifting. Maybe for the critical mass, it's just still bubbling. But for a lot of us out there, it has been a radical time of uh, reemergence and questioning things. It's been wonderful. And our guest tonight is a great guy to have a conversation like that, especially when it comes under the fun guise, the fun lens of chocolate. That's only just a part of what Justin Polgar is going to be talking to me about. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, without any more delay, I want to introduce Justin back to the audience. What is going on, my man? Are you out there? Can you hear me? Justin, you hear me? There you are. 
I cannot hear you. Have you muted yourself forever? We were talking before. We did a complete test. Don't worry. There it is. Oh, we're back. Oh, we're back. Oh. What's going on, sir? Look at that hair. I thought I'd bring it the full pump. Oh, yeah, for man. For you and the audience. You know, I want to I wanna just look and smell as sexy as possible. For oh, the oh, oh I, I can smell bathrooms. it. I can smell it from the West Coast. Oh, and you've got the quite frankly mug. How's the family? How's the wife? How are the kitties? They say hello, by the way. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. They, do. they, they send their best. Uh, it's just such a glorious thing to witness, little people. Oh, yeah. Grow. 100%. You know. 100%. There's a lot of little people around now, and it's, it's been a wonderful, really wonderful privilege. And I'm, I'm happy that Aurora has a lot of cousins her, uh, her same age all over the country now. So hopefully, if there's ever a time that we do all get together and, and get ourselves a 300-acre a plot of land and build a little, build a little community, uh, the, uh, the children will be fast friends. There is a little bit of a thing with that, though, because I asked Araya. Araya is, you know, three weeks younger than Aurora, the Golden Girls. Uh, if she was a chicken McNugget, and uh, she said yes. Oh so no! I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned, but she might be saying yes because she might just be a yes person, like like her dad. I don't know. There might be something <laughs> contagious there. Congenial. She's a congenial yesologist. Well, I can't wait to meet her. I really can't. And and you know, it's been two years since you first came on here. So let's start from the beginning. I can tell. I could. Oh, I can tell from the beginning. When you reached out through, uh, through email, you sent me some video on, on you and Zoe, your wife, uh, getting together and, and how you made your chocolate and everything that your, your company was about. And I can tell that curiosity, experimentation, adventure has always been a main component of your personality. That's number one. It was very easy to see. But where did chocolate come from? Um, you know, masons and shipbuilders, ancient empires from all over the world, they put their creative juices into their and their life energies into things that they built that were identifiably them, that they had links to. How did you come to choose chocolate as your great pyramid? Wow, tremendous intro. Um, you know, it was an inquiry. It, you know, like most things in my life, it's, I'm just really focused on asking the best quality questions I can about life. Well, Justin, before you, you go further, can you get a little bit closer to the microphone? Yes, I can. Okay. I'll bring the microphone closer to me. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, yeah, yeah. You get, just really give it to us. There you go. Okay. I will give it to you. Full <laughs> throttle. Full frontal microphone. Uh, it was an inquiry piece. You know, I, I at the time, uh, that was in my late 20s. I think I was 27, 28. And uh, I, I was doing like five or six jobs. I was living in Los Angeles because that's what you do. You just hustle in L.A. Yeah. Um, this is right before I met Matteo Lundgren, the, uh, the cop, the cop therapist. And I had a girlfriend at the time whose boyfriend before me was a, a chocolate maker. And I was really into herbs and botanicals. I was... I was the kind of guy that was like trying to get his friends to eat spirulina and ginseng and like try this new thing I just read about. I just took a class about, um, but no, you know, people didn't like the taste of these herbs. So I had this program running and I also was uh, a yesologist at the time. I had like a group of friends that we joked about uh, how we had the, the school of yes we had a not so bored of yesology because we weren't really bored. 
And then my girlfriend at the time asked me, um, you know, uh, if I want to help her make chocolate for her friend's birthday. And I said, what do you mean make chocolate? You can just make chocolate. And uh, I'd always loved chocolate. I was like, you know, potty trained on chocolate, child of the 80s, M&M's, incentives. And um, so she taught me how to make chocolate. And I was like, I'm going to make chocolate every day. This is the best ever. And then I started to put the herbs in. And then I could get people to eat botanicals, adaptogens, super herbs, things that were really good for them. And I just sneaky snapped them in to the chocolate bars. Well, that's and then a, that just had a life of its own. That, it, it, I, can, I can imagine. And I, I just got some new one. I have some stuff over here. I keep a lot of your stuff as, as stock at home. Uh, but now I, I brought them over here to make sure I have them in the refrigerator here so that if there's ever a time that I'm, I'm down and out and I need something and I'm not going to make it home, I, I have to... I have to have something. And there's always a great blend in here. So I want to start with this first. You say that this is a delivery system. You said your, your chocolate, yes, cacao, it's a delivery system for, and you just use the word, adaptogens, super herbs, and botanicals. Let's go, just quickly give us a crash course on all three. I think we can, we can come to grips with what, with what the super herbs are and botanicals, but adaptogens, what, what classifies an adaptogen? Great question. And this is something that gets thrown around quite a bit because right now as a marketing word and for like the optics marketing piece of, um, of companies, adaptogen just means like to help you chill out. But actually an adaptogen is something uh, that's a bi-directional food, herb, uh, bark, mineral. Uh, there's a lot of things that fall into the realm of adaptogen. But essentially if your body needs to be woken up, or your organs need a little support to lift, an adaptogen will do that. So for example, one of my favorite uh, adaptogens, which is in the brain power and the endurance bars, is gynostema. And gynostema is a climbing vine, smells, tastes delicious. If you drink it in the morning, it helps you wake up. If you drink it in the evening, it helps you calm down. So that's an easiest way. The, the adaptogen just helps you to adapt. Um, I like to keep them near if I'm traveling or if I'm moving to different climates. My brother and his wife and their two beautiful children. Uh, happy birthday, Khalil, by the way. Um, he turned three. Yesterday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, they live in Santa Fe. So when we go to Santa Fe to visit them, that's 7,500 feet. I live at about you know, 1,200 feet. My office is at like 50 feet. So, you know, all that adjusting and adapting in order to be able to adapt quickly an adaptogen is the best thing to have in your back pocket so that's just for with uh with 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 altitude you mean things like that even with altitude like uh, you know it's a great adaptogen and it's quite taboo is coca oh i know like, i i know that i i have friends uh friends from from peru and colombia who tell me whenever they had had gone back home and went on like really intense hikes Sometimes they would they would keep some coca leaves in their like a back pocket and maybe it's during some of the more grueling segments of a hike through the mountains or whatever the hell it was they would all chew on coca leaves and they would get a little bit of uh, you know a ginseng like boost from the the plant. It is quite enlivening and not in the I mean it makes sense how the high of cocaine for example is just so kind of peaked where the you know that's a derivative of the plant the plant is much more holistic you know it's not just extracting a little piece of it 
So, you know, coca is definitely very much, oh, I'm in my body. I have energy in my body. It feels It's really a nice, I mean, it's great for the altitude, but it's also just great for a, like if you're working in your yard or something and you need a boost, that'll just take you a little farther. Oh, yeah. I, I remember the ginseng. Um, there were these little ginseng uh, chips that they used to sell. Uh, the, one of the fir- my first my first visits as an adult to Mott Street in um, in New York in Chinatown, we went inside one of this one of these um, these places because we knew that we'd probably see some really ridiculous uh, supplements all over the place. Of course, they this is at a time where they still had bins of shark fins that that were out. I don't think that's even legal anymore, or might have not been legal back then. But it's Chinatown. Less legal than fentanyl. Yeah, yeah. Well, either way. As as a as a buy by the by the register, or I guess like an impulse buy, there were these uh, a pile of chips of ginseng. Now it could have just been mulch. I don't know, but I'll tell you when we when we would we would buy a, a little bit of this and just chew on that ar- around as we walked all throughout New York City. It's it's just incredible what you can get from a little fraction of nature if you know exactly what you're going for and if we had the understanding of what it provides and that's the, that's the real thing though nobody really understands what what, what god knows how many weeds we have pulled up out of our out of our lawns and properties over the years thinking it's just a pest that has some ridiculous quality that we we, we were never taught about so i always find this very interesting when people like you go out there and try to find ways of getting it into delivery systems like chocolate and it becomes a lot more tangible of a uh, an impact. Well, you talk about the dandelion growing in your in your grandparents' uh, driveway they used to go pick. I mean, I think a weed is essentially just a blanket term. We just don't know what to do with it. It's like something that we don't know the the function of it or what we why we would have it. So just call it a weed. Which is funny that weed is you know that pot is called weed because people definitely know exactly what to do with it. Right. Um, but in general, I think that we've barely scratched the surface. Uh, I don't remember what the statistic is, but it's pretty pathetic about how many, like the variety of foods that the average American child eats. It's like 11 things, maybe even less than that. Uh, and we're talking about the abundance of nature, and there's hundreds of thousands of things that can be amazingly beneficial for you. Well, let's take, for example, what you just said right there, how limited the American diet is. And let's look at, this is, I believe, your latest of your selection on Yes Cacao. I just tasted this a little bit for the first time before we went live. It's called Source Field. Now, if, if, I, if I go look into the, uh, the, the, the back of it, here's the ingredients. Wild cacao, wild cacao butter, uh, let's see here. Now the source field formula, yacon. How do you say that? Yacon, yacon, yacon. Most of these things you can take your liberties with the pronunciation because, you know. Lacuma, chaga, cinnamon, mesquite, star anise, licorice root. The licorice kind of cuts through. Like I told you, I, I got that. Uh, coriander, wild USA pine needle tea. Now when I saw that, I said, "Wow." You know, I know a lot of people that have been have been uh, you know cooking pine needle tea the last couple of years because they wanted a little bit extra protection from one variant or another so i have to imagine that that's uh that's strategic intentional. uh yeah intentional uh fenugreek sea salt ginger wa ipo vanilla clove wa ipo why you say that 
Uh, YPO. It's just it's the Valley. My friend grows the vanilla, and it's uh, the Valley in Hawaii is called YPO. Well, I'll tell you, um, the zeolite, the monk, uh, let's see, the ionic zinc, MCT, the C60 olive oil, uh, fennel, cardamom, black pepper, lemon, lime, uh, these are essential oils, white pine, maple sugar. Some of these things I cannot pronounce, but it's not because they are pharmaceuticals. It's because they're being pulled from some such exotic places that I'm learning I'm learning new new things but that that's the kind of an ingredients list that always attracts me now one thing that is a something dioxide whatever crazy shit that we see on the the, the side of the of the insert of your average fruit snack it's just ridiculous i love reading stuff like this there's something about um that dumbing down uh, you know, like I'll see food activists that say, make sure you can pronounce everything on the back of your ingredient label. And I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. I think you, that's just a little too, it's a little too dumbed down. It's like, just be curious about the ingredient label. Like I'm the kind of person that I will, like if I want to know what something is or if, I, if I'm looking at a, a product in, in the store and I see something I don't know, I'll just look it up. Or I might even call the company and ask them, hey, I know that, you know, most of this particular ingredient is sourced in China. Are you guys sourcing in China? I mean, you can you can call, and if you can get someone on the phone there, they usually have some contact. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I have people email me all the time. Hey, can you tell me a little bit about this? Or like, why do you put this in? I love it. I mean, I like get all lit up about it. Well, the, how do you... I, I With all of these things that you can go to, it just fascinates me how someone like yourself... Then again, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit of a mixologist myself when it comes to what am I going to insert into a very limited two-hour slot here. But we're talking about two different things altogether. How do you make and settle upon something that you are going to market as its own settled, um, its own settled recipe? without wanting to always, you know, change it? Or do you ever make changes to the recipes along, along the way? Or, or do, how do you know that you found something that is, that's it, this is the way it is? I mean, I, I know that the option is always there to kind of tweak things and move things, but nature's kind of already doing that for me. I mean, when, you, when you're working with organic ingredients, for example, uh, or with small farmers, every, you know, in the seasons, it changes. If there were more, if there was more rain, or just even depending on who processed the ingredient or what the humidity was, like there's subtle changes in it. So I kind of let once it's done, I just sign my name on it and send it out. And there's, uh, I mean, I, I'll do custom batches to kind of get my my tickles, or like we'll do a special, uh, like a limited edition, like the source field, which might just become a regular one because a lot of people have been enjoying that. Um, it tastes great. It really does. And I, I, the other thing that has always been in the literature with your company is this idea that it's all rooted in what you call the doctrine of yes, which I would love for you to explain a little bit because it would just, I mean, that is the name of your, it's the name of your, your company. I, I want to know a little bit about this doctrine of yes. What is the, what is this psychological disposition of saying yes and uh, and 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 taking that into life. 
Well, you know, as we've we've gone over this before, where you know I'm very intentional about what I do, and I I'm constantly going into the inquiry zone. And uh, for my 28th birthday, this is how I got the title, the Minister of Chocolate. I went to a palmist. It was a seventh-generation psychic palmist. I mean, I'm talking this Indian guy had this, like, thick mustache, like a 70s porn mustache, and he had this hysterical laugh, and he just didn't stop laughing the whole time he's doing this psychic palm reading thing. And uh, I had gotten recommended from uh, my dear brother Bailey, who's usually on the cusp of these things, and he drew the logo for yes he like drew the the wing the wing for yes cacao and i was, and with a squiggle next to it i was like oh what's that he said that's your walk i said that's my chocolate logo i have a chocolate company and he said oh you'll be known as the minister of chocolate and so i take that seriously i'm like okay well what does a minister of chocolate do it's not just a title like how do i follow through on that i gotta preach the bean i gotta be uh i gotta be uh you know a a delivery system for the message itself. So whereas the chocolate is the delivery system for the adaptogens and the superbs and the botanicals, I get to be the delivery system for this yes life. What does the word yes mean? And I've played around with this. You know, I journal about it all the time. It's probably the hardest thing for me to, to write about, actually, um, because it's just so close. It's like the way that I am when I walk into a coffee shop and have a spontaneous conversation with someone, something comes out of my mouth, and it is a doctrine of yesology, uh, tenant, you know. So uh, just to keep people, and it's on the the inside of the packaging, we include that, the doctrine of, of yes. But some of the things are, you know, like listen for your yes, know your no, cultivate your intuition, praise freely. I really like the praise freely one because that was one of the vows uh, for when Zoe and I got married, uh, to just be crazy about each other, because there's something about you know in the in the construct of being of looking for praise and just being a good conduit for praise, you're looking for the things that you want to see increased and enhanced. You know, when I see couples, for example, they're always talking about what they don't like about each other. Mm they're basically bringing their attention to those things. You know, it's like where your attention goes, your energy flows. So by praising freely, we're asking and calling the other person's qualities forth that we enjoy. I do the same thing with my children. Um, uh, turn doors into doorways, which is like always, you know, that's like lemons uh, or lemonade out of lemons. Uh, honor the elements, be faithful to the unshakable. So you're talking uh, about a a life affirming, just a very life affirming um, posture in uh, during your time here, and and that could be applied to all things. And of course, if if yes, if the, if the chocolate is your creation, and that is your delivery system, your way to to really reach people, then that is going to be the way that you that you attach the the yes, the doctrine of yes. Then I guess it's like what I wrap the chocolate in. You know, I, I wrap the chocolate around the herbs, and then I wrap the message around the chocolate. I think about in previous life, like I must have in some past lives done some kind of alchemy or something. And my my middle name is Frank, which is which is probably why I feel so connected to you. It's not any other reason, Frank. It's not because you have this 
amazing show or anything. It's just because just the middle we got name. married four days apart or had daughters a few weeks apart. None of that stuff. It's just the Frank part. And uh, my great grandfather was Frank, and he was uh, he was the guy you went to go see if you couldn't see the doctor, uh, and he had potions and all kinds of herbs and things. So it's interesting that I got named after him. Um, well, I'm glad yeah, you've so brought up the word alchemy because that's what I've been thinking yeah. about the whole thing. It's not only just the physical, the physical creation, but it's also the, um, the, 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 the psychological marrying of a, of a positive message. A, I'm thinking about message, uh, the messages in the water. I'm thinking about the, every, every physical scientific experiment or series of experiments that has ever confirmed that human intention can make physical impacts on physical uh make impacts on physical matter like water chocolate i i, I remember a long time ago on on this show maybe about a, I don't know, a couple of years ago it was definitely the last time i did it was before aurora was born but i played a little clip from one of my favorite television shows of all time it was pasquale the singing chef he had this canadian television show that was syndicated here in the U.S. during the, the, the early 90s. My mother's mother absolutely loved Pasquale. She would always be on, and we, me and my brother would watch it with her, and we would wait for him to start singing, and we'd all laugh, and we'd, we'd have a great time. And this one time, there's not very much of him out there, Justin, on the Internet of his show that's left. But I did find this 17-minute clip where he is he's fixing something up, He's tossing things together. He's talking to the audience. He's, he's singing. At one point after he's singing, he tells the audience that he, it's good to sing to the food. If you sing to the food, it makes the food happy and it makes it taste better. And I said, yeah, I said I, that, that right there, God knows how many heads that went right over almost everybody that watched this show. The, the universal truth, the metaphysical truth of that statement of that act, it's why people pray over their food. Um, it's so important, and and for you to bring this, I I totally understand your mission of bringing this headspace into a creative environment for something like a uh, an edible, and it's um it, I I'm totally behind it. I I I know I think it's scientifically sound. It's so um, thank you for seeing that and for being um, a great pillow for this because it doesn't always land uh and that's okay like i'm i'm okay with it you know like uh, this is not for everyone right now i've just had to come to peace with that uh, i think when i started this endeavor i was like i'm going to change the world everyone's going to eat this chocolate and wake <laughs> up you know that's just how you have to at the beginning you kind of have to have that that uh entrepreneurial zest uh, and, and I've just come to find more like whoever's going to find this and whoever's going to get this message and feel this goodness. And I know that it happens be, because, you know, being an online, having an online business where I'm connected to my customers. And a lot of the customers who ordered the last time I was on the show still order regularly. So I've, I've had some really beautiful dialogues uh, with, quite frankly, members. And I love when they write that. Uh, Frank sent me. Like, yeah. I love when they write that. Um, so that, that particular, I just know you find your people, you know, you find your people and that's, you know, it's not everyone and the people that you do get to connect with that I have been able to connect with, 
uh, it's just part of the mission is like how what can we wake up in each other and the singing I mean that is that is like paramount I mean how many mothers sang to their food as they were cooking through the ages and all the different cultures there are things that got woken up in the food and in us through song you know it, it makes it medicine I mean, I'm specifically speaking about sound and the power of sound, uh, which can be, you know, that can be an altering substance on such a subtle level. You know, you sing to, you sing to your food, you sing to your baby, you you just, there's just something so, um, it's not for the mind, the cognitive mind to ingest the entirety of that. Mm. Most of the medicine is going to the subconscious and your sensational reality because we are sensational beings my father-in-law taught me that we're all sensational beings we're in this magic fashion show and you know there's just a lot more that we're interpreting all the time you know there's stuff that we hold on to that we should also let go of that's a hard thing um, to do that's a hard but it's, uh, it's but danny katz would tell you that's not a hard thing we're re- reforming our our language. Speaking of Danny, that I am working on. Speaking of Danny Katz, <laughs> or yes, working with. Yes, and that's yeah. it. You know, and after that show, um, after that show, I had people like you know, it, Poopy Butthole got in touch with me on uh, on Twitter, and he just wrote in big big capital letters. He said, "Frank, kids, K I D S, another word that he actually brought to everybody's attention that we need to 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 try to be mindful." That's why I I have to say I have not rid my uh my day-to-day vocabulary of the word kids every once in a while i actually even use kitties tonight when you came on but i would have to say that now it is a 70 30 ratio that i use children or something like that over kids which you know uh of course kids is a uh is a way of you describing baby goats and you know this whole bunch of you know bad juju about the imagery of the goat of course but you know then again that's it, just little things, little things, mm-hmm. little things, either curses or blessings. And speaking of Danny Katz, when I brought her on, I, I, know, I know that you saw the episode, had to have, but when I brought her on, one of the first things I said, because I knew that you guys knew each other prior to, was did you guys meet during an ayahuasca retreat? I was completely joking. And of course, it turns out being where you guys met each other. That is 100% true. Well, tell me. And that was really funny because I thought, too, I was like, did I tell Frank that? I, uh, but no, no, because it's kind of a, I mean, I, I don't like to out people, you know, like I, I don't, I wouldn't have just volunteered that. I don't think I would have. Um, but I was like, you know, a little jaw dropped and I was like, of course, Frank's tapped into it. Of course. I, of course I knew. I just, it's you were, you were also there with us in the tea. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. The brew was deep. Maybe in another, if I had one of my tulpas over there or something like this, some kind of a a clone of myself, and good luck to them. But let me ask you that then, because I know that you are no stranger. You are no, uh, you're not a, afraid of, of the psychedelic experience. How much has how much has going into the astral plane and 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 hanging out uh, and and changing your 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 mental state? in that kind of a way, how does that help you conceive of new ideas or develop business creation or even just revelations about, about reality and, and your, your place inside of it? How does that worked out for you? I think it's pretty paramount. 
it's uh, pretty foundational to my understanding of realities in, plur- in plural. Uh, one of the tenets, uh, one of the doctrine of yes statements, chapter titles, maybe one day I'll write a book, maybe I am doing it right now, uh, is give yourself permission. And permission is permission. It's for your mission. And so I'm here as a human being. I know that I'm here for a reason. I'm here to do something. I think all of you guys are here for specific purposes and for us to tune into that and figure out what it is and then give yourself fully to it. That's If everyone did that, when everyone does that, there's harmony and full abundance and God's paradise on earth. Hmm. That's That's my hunch. I haven't seen it in this plane yet but i do believe it is happening on some planes um and so i give myself permission to go uh into altered states and i feel really lucky to have been introduced to psychedelics and to mind-altering experiences um in a very respectful way and kind of a sacred way even you know when i was in my early 20s there was definitely i was partying i was going out uh, i was experimenting uh, but there was always this reverence for this is something special. This is not an escape. Uh, this is not to be used to escape my reality. It's to inquire about, to get a different perspective about. I had a period of about three months in college where I was eating mushrooms like uh, pretty much every day, um, even just microdosing. Justin, get, get a little bit closer to the microphone again. Even just microdosing. There you go. Is that better? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's about three months uh, in probably my junior year of college where I would go to classes and I would have mushrooms and I would just see what, you know, what was being retained in the words that the teacher was choosing. And I would be able to like see the path that the teacher took to get to, not to that lecture that day, but to their position as a professor. I mean, there's so much encoded that we don't see with our, normal set of senses you know they're dulled by all of the the symptoms of all of the operations that were being worked on right now worked on us so if you're going to so, go if you're going to gravitate toward anything would it be shrooms or what oh that's a tough one i mean chocolate is my favorite altering substance um you know, and, and, just to be, and just to just to, you know, because we're talking about this just so everybody knows there is nothing intoxicating in this chocolate uh, no, it's all legal. It's, it's all, all things the, that you can yeah. that you can purchase. Yeah, I know. People are going to start I mean, thinking, "Oh, I'm not, he's going to put LSD in my chocolate." No, just let, let you t- no. That's not. Uh, we're, no. we're having two separate Maybe conversations. One, yeah, no, that would be a different. I, I want to, you know, those. There are certain drugs, there are certain medicines and altering substances. You can call them a lot of different things that get a lot of attention. I'm a little bit more drawn to the rare. It's like the underground music, the underground herbs. What are the th- things like when i started putting turmeric in chocolate in 2010 nobody knew what turmeric was unless you were in the world of ayurveda or you were an indian person or you know it was very few people come like 2017 18 my barber is telling me oh you got to eat turmeric it's great for anti-inflammation so i gravitated towards the lesser known uh but i still you know i i keep the i keep them as tools in our tool belt so as a little bit of a roundabout way of answering the question. It's not the substance, Frank. It's not that that's doing, that's not giving you the visions. It's you, you know, it's the substance might be opening the door, but it's still, it's 
it's you that's producing the experience. The the pharmacy of our mind is uh, unlike any. It's the greatest pharmacy on the planet. So it's just about uh, you know what door do you open? You know it's very Alice in Wonderland. You know what are the things we think that if you put some LSD on your tongue or you have mushrooms in your body, then it's doing it to you. I like to reframe that, and I like to think I'm opening up to myself, and I get to look through the lens of this. You know, with mushrooms, it's uh, the niños, it's the the children, it's a childlike, it's childlike consciousness. Hmm. Um, well, I, I, I have you ever seen a dog-headed man? Um, have if I had looked in the mirror. I would have been a the, dog. The, I would have been a dog-headed man. <laughs> See, I, I actually I'm more of a cat. Interesting. I like I'm a dog person. I was born in the year of the dog in '82, but uh, in the Chinese zodiac. Uh, but in when I drink ayahuasca, I have um, full cat. Like I become this jungle cat. Like I'll like full on start stretching, and like I have a whole sensory like <laughs> smell thing, and it's really a. It's phenomenal. But is that something that only that you only you you take up that inside, or it, does it play out in the physical? Are you are you just like sitting down, laying down, whatever, and inside your mind you're becoming the cat, or it comes in? It's more than the mind. You know, it's um, it comes into my body. Like the first time I, the very first time I drank ayahuasca, I was sitting down cross-legged, and the my legs that were sitting cross-legged were coiled. And I was like, that's an interesting feeling. And then I felt that my spine and I was a snake. Like I was a full, you know, the jungle anaconda had come into me to help me purge out whatever I didn't need, um, which is a, it sounds more, it sounds worse than it is. In the moment, it's horrible. But as soon as you let go, it's the best thing ever. See, that's what I've, 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 um, I've had those conversations with people. Like I said, it's not something I've ever taking the plunge with and I don't think that it's hard enough for me to even consider doing anything like that but anything that you have to first throw up first I'm like no you don't have you don't have to not everybody throws up oh, I, I would I, I would I want I want to I want to throw up after three beers so it, it, it <laughs> please if I'm having some ancient jungle root stew it's going to come up big time and but you know I I think about that and I I know that from people like Graham Hancock I, I learned about that certain thing where he said he was smoking weed for every day for almost like decades to a point where it was no longer serving him. It was he was just he was an angry guy. Uh, he was just mm -hmm. being angry. It wasn't a happy experience. He wasn't being creative. Um, and and he had on he went did ayahuasca. He had one of those retreats, and he learned something. He was to, he was shown what needs to go. Like he was almost like he was shown he something came forward and told him you have outgrown this this has to go that has to go and start cleaning up and that was a uh, a major turning point so you actually get um, things come through and that's that's not just you talking to yourself you believe very it's, clearly okay it's very clear and you can uh, most people are able to discern the difference between the spirit talking to them and them making it up there's not like a there's a difference. I mean, you know, people joke about, oh, you like you drink ayahuasca and you talk to God, and it's like, well, yeah, actually, there's kind of a conversational element that's going on where you're being shown things, uh, and there is a sense of separation in that, you know, you're you're communing into oneness with nature in some elements, 
but there's not just there's a difference between I'm making it up in my mind because I've gone on mental trips in altered states where I'm just masturbating basically I'm mentally masturbating and then I remember and come into my center and there's a different feeling you know like uh, and the word you know when when Moses was talking to the burning bush or you know when God talks to you there's like a, a sound and then your whole body is paying attention you're not listening with your ears you're not seeing with your eyes your entire body becomes the sensory input when something divine is speaking to you there's it is unquestionable in the moment that there is something sacred happening and and for me it was a very special turning point it was it was huge because now the quality of my prayer after that has it's grounded in something grounded you sent me something um that i here's an excerpt of what you told me about ayahuasca once you said frank i am not trying to sell you on drinking ayahuasca but i am nodding i'm nodding to the potency of an ancient experience that often gets profaned in words and reduced into drug references it alters perception yes but because it doesn't find an easy home in recreational use, it's not abused in the same way. And in general, the spirit of the vine is respected. For sure, I can take issue with many aspects of how it is spreading through the West, but at this point, I believe it has done far more good than bad, and that's the battle, Frank, good versus evil. Now, that is certainly the battle. We talk; it's It's a resounding theme on this show, but what would you say... Because there's always going to be people who just don't don't want to hear it, period. But many would say hell no to experiences like this, not necessarily even just ayahuasca, but anything that would, quote unquote, open you up because it it uh, invariably opens you up to not only um, pleasant and divine enlightening experiences, perhaps, but also evil. And if you don't know how to guard yourself or some people just think that any kind of altered state is evil in itself. Um, how how do you how do you navigate through those waters and 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 come out come out a uh, you know I guess protected. You know, it's a baby in a bathwater type thing, and I I don't like to anywhere that I recognize that I'm generalizing. I I want to get more specific about it, and we have tools. You know, I mean, I, I started this also by saying you know it's not for everyone. Or maybe it was pre-show when we were sound checking. I don't think that psychedelics and altered states are for everyone, because you you kind of have to have a healthy, grounded root. Even if you know that grounded root can be even an awareness of prayer, because in those times when I feel a presence of darkness or evil, because if the door is open, that's a possibility. You just have to safeguard yourself. And there are ways to do it, you know, in the same way that um, in the same way that someone would uh, exercise a demon, you know, you have the words of prayer. I mean, I've been in several situations where speaking the name of God or asking Jesus or asking archangels to come and help me has made all of the difference. You know, so there's there's more tools, just like anything, when you when you learn an art form you got to learn how to use the tools. If you just go into building a house, you're, just, you're probably going to fuck up. You know, it's like, oh, what if I cut my hand off or what if I get squished between two logs or something? It's just about knowing and respecting the path that you're walking into. 
And a lot of it has to do with how you're integrating what you learn. So like with the Graham Hancock piece, again, it's just, it's not for everyone, but it can be uh, the difference in someone's quality of life of I'm just going along through the motions and now I'm walking my path and, hmm. you know, doing the thing I'm supposed to do here. Uh, but like with Graham Hancock, he followed through. Like I know, I know his story. He followed through with, he got a piece of information. He acted on it. Like I got in uh, December of last year, I, I had done some ketamine one night, which I like to do. Um, it's a schedule two drug used for therapeutic, it's therapeutically used. There's plenty of places you can go uh, here in the U.S. and go to like a clinic. A little, little closer again to the microphone, uh, uh, Justin, sorry. This is my new setup, Frank. I was so excited to to oh, use it. Oh, it, 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 it looks great. You, just need, you need to just crank the, uh, if there was a, a, a little bit of a... There is. I don't want to overdo it, but I could just bring it up like that. Yeah, yeah do it, because you're, you're not overdoing it. You're underdoing it right now. Well, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> this, is, this is usually my thing here. Um, so uh, let's jump back into listening to the download that you get in the medicine. Yes. Ah, December. So I had had some ketamine in the evening before going to sleep. And usually I set an intention, which is also very important. Set an intention before you eat chocolate. Set an intention before you go into a sacred place. Sometimes set an intention before you walk into a restaurant for the first time, you know, just when you hear that call. Anyways, the, the ketamine basically told me like, hey, you should let go of all the things that you like to put into your body for 111 days. And I was like, oh, cool. That's kind of a, it's like a fun game to play in a way. So I just, uh, I didn't know smoking tobacco, no smoking weed, no, uh, putting fun things into my nose, no drinking alcohol. I just let it all go for 111 days. And then I celebrated that 111 days by going to drink ayahuasca. And I was very much rewarded for that particular following the guidance of the altered state. Wow. That, 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 it sounds like a big adventure. It really does. Isn't life, though. Yeah, life is, and I and I and like you said, even if it's not for a uh, particular person or many particular, like me, I'm I'm just never going to take the plunge. I I have to imagine. Maybe not this lifetime. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. you did everything you needed to do last time on that tip. Oh well, let's hope so. Maybe that's why I'm so bugged out. But I uh, <laughs> I certainly didn't did, I didn't get any, I didn't I didn't extract a calm from it. That's for sure. But I, I, I just, it's just really interesting to see the character arcs and the stories and the plots and how interwoven we still all are, despite where, where our individual journeys are, are going. And, and what we leave behind, too, as legacies. You know, as we're, as we're coming up on the end of this call here now, it's here I am. Um, I'm creating these, these talk shows every night. I, too, hope to to write and publish things and do other stuff like that. And you on a parallel, but also off the beaten path. And we're probably like miles and miles apart on some things, but you know, shoulder to shoulder on others, you're leaving behind these wonderful, uh, you know, botanical packed bars of chocolate and a brand and, and, uh, and, and people who, who understand that they're getting something that is, that is crafted with, I mean, uh, just uh, unbelievable amount of care, and I think that's a th that's really the the best thing about all this. There's never going to be anybody 
people are not going to walk in each other's footsteps. Everybody's going to veer off here and there. But um, it, it's wonderful to learn. Wonderful to learn about the journeys everyone's taking. Indeed, I mean, I love hearing people's journeys and sharing mine, and I love the the platform that you have here because I get to witness so many people's amazing stories. I mean, I think I started listening to the show, and Danny Katz turned me on to you, um, probably in 2019, maybe the fall of 2019, and I have not missed a show. I mean, I I can't watch all the QFTVs. I'd love to do that, but I just um, the children to bed, and then the the sleeping thing, I should do that at some point or another. Yeah. But um, I haven't missed a show because it's just so, it's just so quenching to a thirst that I have for learning about humans and about our condition here. And, you know, also just preparing for, you know, we have our hunches of what's going to happen. I mean, part of me investigating this Yes Life doctrine and being the minister of chocolate is we may get to a time where I can't get cacao um, here on this continent. And then I'm like, oh, do I go, do I head south or do I preach the bean or preach the word or do some, some other way of walking my path? Um, or, I, or grow it yourself and just have it be specialty batches. Well, I have to be within 20 degrees of the equator. So uh, I could go south. Tropics or, are nice. Well, what about Hawaii? Hawaii's good, but you know it's a long boat ride. It's a long boat ride, and then it's how also you get a little liberal for and, me right and, now? Yeah, and how you get mm-hmm. a little bit too liberal, and how you going to ship it off? You have to also ship it back to the mainland. At least you'll be on the same island as Roseanne Barr. Um, who's uh, who is connected through a couple a couple of degrees? My um, my father-in-law Zoe's dad was pretty tight with Roseanne's daughter um, on the island because she ran a, a little deli um, and a cool little shop where you could get like you know grass-fed beef on the island and you could get good little cheeses and wines and things and it was down the street from his house and so um it was actually really sweet when we when he passed and the next time we went down there she had she had heard and she was really moved by him and it was beautiful to hear that that's a whole another show we could just talk for we could have a whole segment talking about natan and he's a rabbi and a musician every instrument he picked up he just mastered it in like 20 minutes, That's a painter, um, chiropractor, a father, a psychedelic astronaut of sorts. He was really something. Um, but I do, I do want to throw this in here uh, just because I think that the universe, there's no mistakes. I just don't believe in them. It's my personal choice. Um, Theo. I was thinking about Theo, and um, I just... I just think that there's an interesting piece there because the Latin name for cacao is Theobroma cacao. Theo is God, you know, but chocolate is food of the gods. And so I thought, okay, cool. Frank is doing this awesome, um, this give, this tithe of sorts, this tithe of sorts. Uh, So I'm just, anyone that this weekend uh, uses the Frankly code, I'm going to do a 10% of the purchase to Theo. Um, and then we're going to do a 10% to a super chat to you. So quite frankly, you get 11% off and then I'll do a 10 and a 10 and we're at 31. Maybe there's something there, but I just, I felt called that's, to do that earlier. Wow, man. Um, listen, you, yeah, you that's uh, just th- spread the love. I, you, and you always do. You really always do. You don't have to worry about me. I really, I pre- don't worry about you, Frank, but I do deeply wonder about what makes you tick. How does Frank 
how what is animating frank i what you know i don't <laughs> nobody i i here's the thing i nobody asks me these questions I don't even know how I would answer at this point because I've never been asked them. I'm always the one asking questions and, and, and interviewing people. And that's why when, when somebody asks me on their show and it's just about, a, you know, a talk about life, those are the shows that I can do for hours. You know, talks about life and music and uh, coincidence or the lack thereof, what makes us tick, embarrassing moments, uh, thrilling moments. I, that's... Those are the conversations I really, really live for. So I don't know. I don't know, Justin. How how is that going to be dragged out of me? I think I offer up a lot about myself, to be honest. We but, probably know a lot about you. I think collectively, as an audience, we we know. I mean, you have uh, nine-year-olds drawing spitting images <laughs> of you. We can see all. You know, just the the decoration behind you. Um, there's like a whole story, you know, you're, you're communicating a lot, even between your words and like your music choices and, um, the guests that you have on, obviously. So you, you're doing a good job letting us know. And maybe, I think one of your guests said, next time I come in, I'm going to interview you. I don't remember who it was. It was Jim Lee. Jim Lee. Jim Lynn. I think yes to that. Just do a little role reversal there. Because I think he'd get some funny shit. Out of yeah, who too. knows? Who knows? Like I, I said, when he starts doing his streams, I said, anytime you you let me know and you can interview me. Because I always tell people, like Jim or if, uh, for example, Jay Dyer has has told me a number of times, hey, let's let's pick a date, come on your show, and I'm and I always say absolutely, but at the same time, I don't pursue it and show it in you know flow to many dates that I'm free because. I almost want him to. I, I almost wanted to the, the opportunity to just pass because I. He's such a. There's some people that are just specialized. Like Jay Dyer, you can bring him on for esoteric analysis and and uh, uh, cultural. Uh, he, like he's such a big reader researcher. I personally don't believe I'm specialized in anything. I I'm I'm curious. I I talk. I do a lot of reading myself, so I I have enough to to. I have enough inside to to talk about a, a variety of things, but not to a a master level. So I always feel, uh, depending on what the shows are, I, I always feel a little bit. Uh, I always feel a little bit like I I don't want to I don't want to show up and and underwhelm an audience that 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 wants somebody with something interest you know something specific to say. I don't really. I just I you react. Can, you can just do what I do and just put a bunch of chocolate in you and just see what comes out of your mouth. That's what I'll do. I think I'll put on this some. I'll put some source field on me, or you know, I only have uh, I have endurance here. I didn't bring any bliss out. Bliss out is my my favorite for taste. Everything else, though, I I take it as if I'm opening up the medicine cabinet, and it's all tastes good. But as far as my f- my favorite chocolate to go to of yours, I love the bliss out. But I, you know. I, I I I pop it as if it's just you know daily vitamins. So did you try the balls yet? No, I see it in in the bag over there. I'm sure that they're I, very lovely balls. We're we're gonna start sending the balls out like sample balls. We're gonna they're they're clean AF balls. They're basically chocolate covered cacao beans. Oh, and um, so it's nice to have the cacao bean itself, but then it's a little sweeter because there's a 72 percent dark chocolate around oh. it. But um, we're we're experimenting with uh, taking it on as a normal product. So we're, we're going to start sending out some samples of balls and it's just fun well, to I'll say try that sending balls all over the country. No, yeah. You send balls all, you got a bag all of the world. We sent some chocolate to Australia to a frankly. Wow. 
Wow. Tasmania. I've got a couple of emails from people who uh, who just raved about you, your customer service, and how everything was. So I know that people are enjoying it. As far as the balls go, I'll try it afterwards. But um, what was the uh, – th- oh, well, you once sent me a – because I know you do a lot of testing of different products. Obviously, this didn't go to market because I haven't seen it anywhere. You once sent me a Yes Cacao pudding, like a chocolate pudding. Whatever happened to that? Uh, yeah, that that's one of those things. I I keep on thinking I'm gonna do it. We just we opened a little. It was very shop. rich. It was like a mousse. Yeah, it's, we call it smooth. Sm- oh, that's it, right, smooth. Smooth, because it's kind of sousy and I like to go into the Seuss world. Uh, we actually have an original signed Dr. Seuss book that was gifted to us. That I just to me that's like a it's like a holy grail of sorts. Wow. Um, and extra points because he was kind of canceled a little bit. Um posthumously canceled. I mean, that's some talent right there. Uh, the smooth is available sometimes. We have a shop downtown Santa Cruz. Any of you, frankly, are welcome to come. Let me know you're coming so I can make sure that I'm the one that's there. Uh, and we have a smooth uh, that we keep in the fridge there, but I haven't quite figured out how to um, ship it. How to ship it. We could put it in those like baby pouches, you know? Perhaps, like the yeah. Little thing. That might be a thing. There's like a machine to make for filling those. We'll see. Hey, whatever. Plenty of time. I'm glad I got a little bit of a prototype. It was very nice. And and Justin, yescacao.com, thank you for coming. I hope that you uh, you call in more often just on nights that you're watching and we have a uh, uh, big mind expanding, whatever the topic is. If you have something you want to say, man, just, just hop in more often. You don't have to wait every two years before we do another one of these uh, these uh, these Friday night you know trips. I pop in. I, I mean, my goal is to do an in-studio at some point soon. Um, I don't know how exactly or when that, that's happened, but that always, you know, it's, I, I love that Zoso came in, and I was like, oh, that looks so fun. Um, and after, yeah, and after tomorrow. It's, it's only, you know, here, the, it's like after, your show is in the afternoon for me because I'm in California. Mm. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like 525 right now. So I, I got to get, I get my whole Frank, and I usually cook dinner for the last you know the last like half hour of the show i'm like cooking dinner and like have a child on my shoulder and another one is trying to like pull my pants on this way and uh oh i can't wait for you to meet orion oh you're gonna have so much fun he's just such a little boy yeah it's different the girls and the boy thing is very different i was telling lauren Lauren that if we ever you know i I always think about that if uh, aurora as a as a big sister to either a little sister or a son, and I said, you know, that's two different types of parenting, right there. That's very uh, different. But I don't know yet, and I don't. Who knows? He just started karate too, which is he did, he's doing some taekwondo, and I did taekwondo for ten years, so I there's like a sweet spot for me, and so I'll be like, attention, and he like stop oh, like that. It's, oh, I have amazing. some taekwondo stories. I we were the uh, we were the the bane of our taekwondo instructors existence we were we were not very good students at all uh, those so stories you and anthony me and anthony we were we were we were very unruly it was bad uh, the, the punishments were weird it was it was just horrible we ruined everything from meditation to sparring we ruined everything it was it, we were not we were not ready for it and it did not instill any discipline thankfully we left that we went to start playing our instruments and and that was what gave us a little bit more focus so we went from taekwondo my mother said you want what do you want to do you want to play basketball or do you want to do taekwondo and we're like i guess you know, let's do taekwondo and then after about a you know a year two years we're just like let's 
we want to start playing music. And that became a little bit more front and center. And good, because then we got we got hit less from the Korean, the angry Korean man. So different different type of getting hit in music. Oh, I know. You want the hits. Yes. That, those are hits that you can live with and actually will will fuel a lifestyle. But Justin, thank you. Uh, send the best to your family. I can't wait to have you back on again. Yescacao.com. And thank you for that wonderful offering, especially to, to, uh, to Theo's fund. I can't wait to, to see the reaction from the family. So um, all the best to you, my friend, and we'll talk soon. Thank you, Frank. Thank you to the sexiest chat rooms in the audience. It's always such a pleasure. I'm, I'm not always typing in there, but I'm, I often get to read as I'm mixing chocolate or cooking things, you know. Well, uh, thank you guys. I look forward to uh, a hookah session soon. Yes, me. yes, and and you know what? Safe cosmic travels to you, my friend. Have a good night to all of us. Thank you. Take care, ladies yes. and gentlemen. Have yourself a little bit of a sit down right now, because it is what time is it? Oh, wait, it is. We are in the eight thirty hour. What eight twenty eight? We're right there. You know, one thing about that is Zoso Dude, he came in, what, two weeks ago, something like that? This place is going to be deep, deep cleaned tomorrow. I cannot wait for tomorrow. Tomorrow, waking up early. We're getting here. The whole crew is going to be here, and we are deep cleaning everything. Out there, all throughout the entire studio, we're bringing an entire roll of industrial garbage bags my fetish for throwing things away is going to be satisfied. The itch is going to be scratched. And even for everything in here, we're taking a lot of things off the wall. We're rearranging everything on the walls here. So the stuff that you see behind me are going to be different too. Because I have some stuff that's just been framed. Uh, in fact, uh, let me see here. Like I, I have a couple of things here. Like Take a look at this. Wait. I've got buddies. I've got friends uh, who are really, they are really good. They have an art gallery in in our county. Really nice art gallery. It's been a, around for a long time. And they do just custom framing, awesome stuff. So I brought them some things that that are really, uh, really cool. One person out there in the audience, because we did that show on the Hindenburg, we did the show on the Hindenburg disaster and whether or not it was sabotage. They sent me a very old, very delicate newspaper. You can see a little bit of the newspaper behind there. That's the rest of the original newspaper from 1937. Um, but the New York World Telegram sabotaged? This is from 1937, May 7, 1937, New York. It was a Friday. And this has been nice and preserved now. So this will be up here. Maybe I can put it right next to the Titanic, uh, the Titanic newspaper. You know, a whole tragedy wall. So we got that. And then, of course, we've got the Flip City magazine. See that? To my friends out there at Flip City. Well, the original Flip City magazine that I was, uh, that they featured, frank quite frankly, and is preserved on the back. But they went and they um, they blew up the main image, and we got the the header and all that stuff and the date. So that'll be probably behind here too. I can't wait to do tomorrow. So 
It's going to be a sparkling palace of broadcast majesty around here tomorrow. And there's plenty more to do. We're replacing all the lights. I don't know what I can do with all the ball, the ball lights, but we'll figure something out. All right. All right. There is no time for me to go to break. So what I'm going to do is we're going to get our badass. No, 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 no. I have to go to our, our super chatters. Let's go over to Rockfin first. We've got Rebecca Brown. Send me over a tip. Thank you, Rebecca. Twisted Wizard says, give this to Theo if you can. Thank you, Twisted Wizard. I will have to make a note of that and throw it into the other one. Thank you. Good to have you out there. Uh, let, text, oh, hold on, wait a second. This uh, over on, quite frankly, superchat.com. Texas Scott says, hey, Frank. My first ever Super Chat because of Theo. You're a major dude, Frankie. We love you here in Texas. Oh. I want to go to Texas. Hang out with all my friends. Thank you so much, Texas Scott. That's wonderful of you. Uh, let me make sure that I have ever... That can't be the, the last of them. Yeah, oh, here we go. Revolution says, That was interesting. My first exposure to, jo to Josh. Justin? There's nobody Josh on tonight. It had to be Justin. Still missing both Matt, hello Francis, and Rob. Hope they're both okay. Oh, they're all right. Trust me, they're totally fine. They're totally fine. So don't worry about them. Um, One Way Mel says, I lost my son in to Montana in, in 2003. It all began when my husband and his friends took a... Uh, uh, took a road trip out west with their five kids in Scooby in a Scooby van, pulling a uh, pulling a pop up trailer from Glacier Park through Bozeman and Yellowstone Park. He was gone. Now he want now he want there. He was gone. Now we want there. It cuts off. But I get the un I I understand what you're saying. Thank you so much for that, Mel. I think Mel's from Minnesota. Lost a son to Montana. Well, don't worry. I'm right behind you. Incompetent Hand says, Hey, Frank, I was on a smoke break at work and saw a rat out of the corner of my eye. I look up, and it's a baby possum. He kept coming, so I had to shoo him away. Don't share your fear. But I took it as a sign and now a monthly supporter. Wow. Oh, I don't share your fear, but I took it as a sign and now a monthly supporter. He kept coming at you, and you just have to shoo him away? Oh, man, well, how I would react. Just, just want me to take a psychedelic? A rat coming after me? Greg says, much love to the Frankly fam and prayers for healing of Theo and those that need prayers. Thank you, Greg. And Valsky says, happy Friday. Excellent work lately. Here's one for Timotheology's nephew. Thank you, Val. This is going to be a wonderful, wonderful gift to the family, I'm sure. And quickly through Foxhole, because i got to get off here. Doug625 says, heard you with beans earlier. Couldn't agree more with about Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Nothing compares. Uh, I'm sure things are just as good, but this is, that's the, that it, it's the highest quality writing. It, the consistency is so rare. That's why I, I talk so highly about Breaking Bad. And I'm a latecomer. I'm a latecomer. Um, 
I uh, I was too stuck on the Sopranos train to really get into anything just as big culturally, and it took me a long time. I'm glad I finally came around, and I wish that I could watch it for the first time all over again. In Search of Truth says, love you, Frank. Thanks for the book club. It's the best. I ha- can't wait to get around to that right now. Sean Joe, thank you. Robert Sarns. Robert Sarns again. Dancing, uh, dancing Water. Hope it is a great weekend. Same to you. Donkey Punch, a cookie, has chocolate chips. It does. Stostube, love the Yes Cacao. It's such a great guy to deal with. Chocolate is beyond delicious. Justin is great. I'm, he's the Pasquale of chocolate. There you go. Take that one to the bank. The Pasquale of chocolate. Stostube, Frank, purple, orange, or green? Say yes. Um, I'm going purple. I mean, that's the bliss. That's the bliss out. That's the bliss out right there. If I'm going to go to top for me, like I said, you may like something else better. Stostube, have a blissful weekend. Guess, uh, guess it's bliss. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But I have a lot, Stostube. So don't get, don't get, do not get mischievous. I can't have an entire. Uh, refrigerator full of bliss out at home. We need room for eggs and dairy and all that stuff. I know how you how you work out there in Massachusetts. You're very generous. Don't get mischievous and send me eighteen thousand boxes of bliss out, please, <laughs> please. Uh, so thank you so much ahead of time. But I know what you're thinking. You just stop what you're doing. Open my eyes, says Frank. What a time. To Babylon, uh, to Babylon be alive. Thanks, brother. You bring us together in sanity in a world of chaos. Blessings one and all. Thank you. Open my eyes. Just became a monthly subscriber, too. Selling the Farms says, hope you're working uh, on more of God's plan. Frank, go forth, be truthful, and multiply. That's what the Bible says. Work hard on all of it. We will work hard on all of it. Thank you guys and gals so much. Now, let's get down to what we need to do before we get off tonight. And that is our badass. Who is it? That's some badass shit. It's pretty badass. You're damn right. And the badass is Henry Johnson. Henry Johnson, who earned the nickname Black Death for his service in World War I. He was a member of the all-black 369th Infantry Division, the Harlem Hellfighters. The commander of the American Expeditionary Force, John, uh, General John Pershing, reassigned the 369th to a French command rather than have them fight alongside their white counterparts. John Johnson soon found himself on the front lines near the Argonne Forest. In the early morning hours of May 15, 1918, he and a fellow soldier, Needham Roberts, were manning a forward sentry post when they came under attack. Johnson opened a box of hand grenades and started lining them up so that he would have plenty of ammunition close at hand. As he was doing this, he heard sounds of German soldiers cutting their way through the wire protecting his position. He threw a grenade at the sound, and the next thing he knew, the Germans unleashed a fury of rifle fire and grenades at the sentry post. Roberts was wounded in the opening volley and could no longer walk, so he sat upright in the trench and passed ammunition to Johnson. When Johnson ran out of grenades and his rifle jammed, the Germans advanced and took Roberts prisoner. Johnson then leaped out. Of the trench charged at the Germans, he used his rifle as a club, swung his fist at anything he could reach, and used his bolo knife to slash at anything close enough to cut. 
Despite his small stature of only 5 foot 4 inches and 130 pounds, he stabbed a German soldier in the stomach and killed a German lieutenant before being tackled by a third enemy, who he stabbed in the ribs. Johnson himself was wounded 21 times during the fight, but still managed to drag Roberts back to safety of their trench as Allied reinforcements arrived on the scene. Johnson became the first American soldier to be awarded the, uh, the, uh, the War Cross by the French, as his own country would shamefully abandon him. The U.S. Army did not keep track of his accomplishments and failed to even award him a single Purple Heart, and he deserved like 20. Because of his wounds, Johnson was unable to return to his former job. He became a sad, broken man, destitute and addicted to alcohol. He contracted tuberculosis and died of myocarditis in January 1929. Although his mistreatment by the American government is unforgivable by most, Steps were fortunately taken to correct this injustice. Johnson was posthumously awarded the Purple Heart in 1996, the Distinguished Service Cross in 2002, and finally the Medal of Honor in 2015. Wonderful. Wonderful and um, not a uh, wonderful end. And that's why we remember them. So, ladies and gentlemen, Henry Johnson. Thank you for everything this week. I have to get off because I have to start a new stream in exactly five minutes. If you are part of the book club, get ready for session eight. It's going to be another good one. And enjoy your weekend. In the meantime, ladies and gents, thanks again to tonight's guest, Justin Polgar. I hope you all have a very relaxing and um, maybe subdued, subdued weekend. Good night. Thank you. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience, and now our super chatters to everybody on Foxhole, the scratching has been released. But thank you, Revolution, One Way Mel, Incompetent Hands, Texas Scott, Greg, Valsky, Gino, uh, Shotzi. Oh, that's from the other night. That's from last night. Well, thank you again. I love you all. All right, I'll see you in a bit. Enjoy your weekend. Share this with everyone you know, everyone you love, and even those you don't like. Nighty night. -night.